0: From mundane to mistress. mistress. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. From mundane to mistress, I am your lovely host, D Twenty Dom. If you have been around here a while, you know that this podcast has come, it's gone, it's come, it's gone. It's had some ups, some downs, but it's 2020, and I promised myself that no matter what, I was going to try this year to get it back on track and post at least once a month for you guys on guess what the 20th of the month it's not really that hard um to guess why I picked that previously before I think the podcast ran every week and I got a lot of other stuff to do and forgot about the podcast as most people do when they're starting podcast. So if you are new around here, thank you and welcome. If you've been here for a while, thank you for checking this link again or clicking on it or whatever else it was that brought you here today. I'm going to give you guys a little refresher because it has been quite a bit since I did a podcast. This is episode six, I believe. And um, that has taken the course, like I said, over a couple of years. I am D20 Dom. I am a and lifestyle femdom, who tries to live as close as I can to a 24-7 dynamic with a submissive partner, and I am polyandrous, which is a form of polyamory, which you may hear me talk about often, but I think at my core, I am ambimerous, so we'll just see what shakes out as it goes on. Um, I think last time I had you guys, I promised an episode about role-playing, and all kinds of other things. And I'm sorry to say, I'm not going to deliver on that today. Today, I'm going to start with something and and kind of cover something, which I think is really important that other people take into account, which are your personal boundaries. Okay. In the community, especially, it's very hard when we try to think about personal boundaries of ourselves, because depending on the dynamic that you're in, having personal boundaries may seem like you're going against what is being asked of you or what you want to ask of someone else. Now, personal boundaries are necessary for everyone, period. It doesn't matter if you're top, bottom slu- slave, slut, um, dom, male dom. Unicorn hunter, please don't do that. Um, or, or anything else. It doesn't matter what your role is. Personal boundaries are necessary for everyone and especially in the scene, period. Okay? And these are the guidelines that are gonna help all of us establish what behaviors we are willing to accept from others. These are the boundaries that keep all of our dynamics and relationships with people mutually beneficial, thoughtful, and full of purposeful intentions. And it helps keep us connected, honestly. I like to think that strong boundaries are the very foundation of all healthy dynamics with others, whether it's BDSM or not. And if you're really worried about how the boundaries will affect your interactions with someone, then just stop and ask yourself Will this boundary change my relationship with such and such? Try to figure out what answer you're coming up with and trying to figure out if you're comfortable with someone. Sort of having a problem with your boundaries. Because that's where this all stemmed from for me. Um, Regardless of what you come up with. Healthy boundaries mean that you are going to take responsibility. For your actions and emotions. And it means that you're not going to take responsibility in actions. And emotions of other people. I've been with a lot of people who have very poor boundaries. Especially in polyamory um, and in BDSM in general. But even in just vanilla relationships, which I haven't had in a while, but I have been with a lot of people who have poor boundaries and in turn, they've expected me to also have poor boundaries and what I've seen as a high level of neediness and codependency. And I can't say that I haven't been guilty of this at some point at all myself. I just have become aware of this in the last, you know, five or six years. So this is something that's important to me. Um, It can manifest as kind of a desperate need for love and affection from external sources. And that doesn't really sit well with me. The need to receive love and affection through, you know, the means of codependency and neediness when someone is sacrificing their own identity to sort of get rid of any boundaries and try to ask you to get rid of boundaries. um, That's kind of where I draw the line. That doesn't really work with how I operate. I'm not really here to fix anyone and I love people the way I love people. And it's up to you if you're my partner or someone I'm playing with or someone I'm in a dynamic with to tell me with your words, (laughs) please, with your words. I don't care if it's in an email, a post-it note, put it on my fat life wall, but that's probably not a good idea. Um, let me know with words what you need in a respectful manner. Um, no one is a victim here. You're not a victim and I'm not a victim because we have free will. And so I'm just going to go through and talk about what my personal boundaries are. And maybe by me talking about my personal boundaries, some of you will either say, Hey, I have those same boundaries too. Or you will stop and look and see if maybe these are boundaries you want to adopt or modify or whatever else. But these are just my personal boundaries that I'm sharing because it's my year. It's 2020 (laughs) and I'm trying to be really clear and concise from now on about who I am, what I'm looking for and what I'm about. There's no confusion. That's, that's a great thing about boundaries. They kind of establish this sort of area of, hey, don't fuck with this before you get to a certain place where someone might have uncomfortable feelings. So my first boundary is I will not love anyone unconditionally, okay? I know that sounds harsh, but I'm not going to be there for someone no matter what. I think it's important that you look at the relationships that you have with people and realize that you do earn every day with the people who stand by you. And personally, if you abuse or disrespect me or you don't appreciate me, then... I'm not going to be there for you no matter what. I'm going to leave because my time is precious. I say this a lot. Um, time is the only thing that we cannot get more of. And so if someone is spending time with you, understand that they are giving you something that, whether they realize it or not in the back of their mind, it's something that they'll never, ever get back again. It's 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 really important and it's really sacred. And I think a lot of people forget that someone spending time with you is invaluable there's no amount of money that you can you can pay you can trade you can get back this is an invaluable resource someone's time and so I will not love someone unconditionally and I will not be there for them no matter what if they are wasting my time by disrespecting me abusing me or like I said just not appreciating me and what I'm doing for them The next boundary I have is that I will make my own decisions concerning my own life. I know that sounds (laughs) really weird. And on top of it, I don't have to explain myself. I don't need to. Um, This has happened a lot to me in the past. A lot of the things that I do, um, it bothers people. And if it bothers you or angers you or gives you or your friends or your family any reason to judge me, those feelings of discomfort, they're not mine you guys to resolve. Uh, what other people think about me is honestly not my business. I try to live my life by that. I don't care what other people think about me because we all have our own thoughts and our own assumptions. And I know I have a resting bitch face, but I'm pretty friendly. So if you just come to me and talk to me or ask me what's up, I will most likely talk to you and tell you what's up unless I'm super busy or I just don't hear you. But other than that, like I don't like to be judged without people knowing me. And so the decisions that I make concerning my life, I'm going to make those decisions and I'm not going to explain them to anyone. um, You know, in terms of explaining why I'm doing something, I don't have to do that. I don't need to do that. These are my life decisions. Those are your life decisions. And, While I'm saying I don't need to explain it, and I'm not saying I won't explain it, what I'm saying is I don't need to justify them to you. I can certainly explain why I'm doing things to you, but I don't need your stamp of approval to do those things. And I think that's a big thing, especially um, in the community. I see a lot of people not going to certain events, or not saying certain things about certain people, or certain certain situations because they just don't want to have to explain what it is they're doing. I see a lot of people still somehow just hiding their kinks because they don't want to be judged and again like that's kind of that's kind of crazy. This is the only place where you're going to be able to do that. So um, make your own decisions. I'm making my own decisions and I don't really need to justify them with anyone. My next boundary is that I'm going to be refraining from a nearly unbearable urge to constantly justify myself like I was talking about. Because people who are important to me and people who may be important to you often want you to do the things they want you to do and not what you want to do. And it's painful, but this has literally cost me relationships in the past. And I have to ask myself, why would I want someone in my life who believes that they have this kind of authority over my sacred sovereignty? or the right to cross a line that I've drawn. Um, For me, I see this a lot in poly. I get with people who we have different definitions of what polyamory or polyandry or polyamorous or any version of poly is. And once we get into the meat of our relationship, things that have not been clearly laid out and discussed come up and cause hurt feelings and situations that could have been totally unavoidable had either they been honest with me or they had a conversation with me and said, Hey, I don't know what your poly looks like, but this is what my poly looks like. So just, you know, again, back to the justification, um, you got to do what works you. I know I get a lot of criticism because I identify as polyandrous at the moment and that is like polyamory but instead of one person with multiple partners or people with multiple partners it is just me the female with multiple male partners and those partners are monogamous to me. Now I did not get into polyamory thinking that this is what I was going to do. I got into it just because I got into it. And it's kind of evolved over the 15 years that I have been poly. And this is just my current dynamic. I'm not saying this is my preferred way. This is just what has happened now. I think at my core, as I said earlier, I am, am, by amorous which means i'm able to enjoy either being monogamous or poly i can be happy in either it depends on who i'm with it depends on the situation i'm not married to polyamory and i'm not married to monogamy i'm married to the idea of meeting people who bring out different parts in me and who allow me to sort of see wherever that evolves to um and again like i said even now I'm justifying my, my poly side to you guys, but I'm just sharing, um, why my poly might look a little bit different than some other people's poly and there is no wrong poly. You know, everyone's doing it a little bit differently. Everyone's doing what works for them. I just think in the grand scheme of things, the general thing of poly needs to be that it's everyone doing this consentingly with no secrets. That's kind of the big thing with poly, no secrets, right? Make sure that there's no secrets. Uh, make sure you're not cheating or lying or you know I know some people do don't ask don't tell them I'm, t- I'm perfectly fine with that I've done that before um, but that's been a choice of mine that's not been forced upon me so figure out what works for you and just do it you know and then don't feel like you have to justify do what works for you if you're not hurting anyone and if the people or person that you're involved with are cool with it then keep on tracking my next boundary is that I value my privacy. So even though I'm here on a podcast with you guys, and even though I'm all over the web with my kinky boobies out everywhere and I do talk at conventions and I hold demos and um, I do lots of other things, I value my privacy very, very, very heavily. Um, I'm pretty open about a lot of things and especially in a relationship, I'm very open with my computer and my phone. I don't really have anything to hide. I was taught as a child that you only lie and hide things if you have something to fear and there's not really much I'm scared of so I don't really I don't really hide anything <laughs> when you're when you're the one with um, the five inch stiletto nails that are razor sharp you don't really have much to be afraid of so um, I do value my privacy And I don't see any reason why anyone I'm with would go through my computer, my phone or anything without my permission, because if they did, then I would assume that they don't trust me. And if they don't trust me, then what the heck are we doing together, right? Why are we together? If you're going through my phone or computer, why do you not trust me? And so this is one of those boundaries where I was talking about earlier, it can be hard to establish, excuse me, can be hard to establish in a BDSM dynamic, depending on what you are. So with my submissive, I have the passwords to every single one of his social medias, his emails, his bank. I have the password, the codes to all of these things. And I think I've checked maybe two of them once, but it's a power exchange. I have the authority and the permission and the means to do that. He does not have those things on me. But if you ever wanted to see my email and he came to me respectfully and said, mistress or my queen, do you mind if I take a look at your email? I'm having feelings of, you know, insert uncomfortable feelings. And I would certainly want to help comfort him and have a conversation about that. And I would be more than happy to share my information and show him whatever it was that he was worried about. Now, that kind of power can absolutely be abused. I don't have his passwords and his pin codes and everything because I don't trust him. I have it because it is a form of power exchange. If I were to check all of the messages that he sent all the time, if I were to obsess over his emails, and things like that, that would not be very cool of me. And even though I do have all of, you know, these things at my disposal, like I said, I think I've checked two of them once. And i made a promise to myself that no matter what, I would never look at messages between him and his family and him and his friends, because that's none of my business. Those are private conversations that don't have anything to do with me. I more so have that, again, to show that I can. And I know for some people, it will be a means of making sure someone is not cheating on them, etc., But for me, it's a power exchange. And so I would never violate the privacy, even though I have permission to get more information than is readily available in a normal vanilla dynamic. I don't want to overstep that. okay? because I do trust him and I hope that he trusts me. And that's that's kind of the agreed upon thing we have. He still gets a level of privacy or at least the illusion of privacy. And maybe that works for him, the illusion of privacy. And I value my privacy. And so, again, I don't go snooping through things because um, we have trust. And if we don't have trust, and if someone's snooping through your things or you're snooping through someone else's things, then you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is driving me to make these sort of actions? And what does that mean for the state of me and this person. My next boundary is that my body is mine. Oh, so it's so hard to like get this across. My body is mine. Sometimes I want to be touched and sometimes I don't. I am a diehard sapiosexual and so the more you can titillate my mind, the closer you are to getting to touch my body. If if I think you are you know, brilliant beyond belief, it's going to be really easy to get into my panties. But uh, if you're hot and just dumb as a brick, well, then you have to wait, you have to wait in line. Um, and I think it's important that people recognize everyone's body is their own body. Okay, like, just because you tied me last week doesn't mean it's okay to do it again this week. Just because I choked you on Tuesday doesn't mean on Wednesday, it's okay. Unless you have something like blanket consent, you're going to have to ask this person every time, is it okay to do these these things? And, and in regard, you're also going to have to let it be known that it's okay. If somebody tries to do something that you don't want done to you, tell them my body is mine. That's it. Like, there's no safe word for that. You just say those words. Um, And you need to put that out there before you even get to that point where you're playing. Don't play with someone who doesn't respect that your body is yours. That's not someone who probably is going to remember that in the heat of the moment. Um, And again, in BDSM dynamics, this is a hard one to sort of uphold. Um, My submissive, his body is mine. I can do with it what I want, so to speak. Um, But ultimately, his body is his. And so at any time, if he says, no, mistress, I actually don't want you to tattoo a D20 on me then I won't I'll stop. Um but if he doesn't then he's that's what he's going to get. So at any time he can tell me that like you know what that's not cool. I know that before it was, but it's not. My next boundary for me personally is that I need alone time and I need silence, okay? I spend a lot of my time and my energy talking to people like I'm doing with you guys or at conventions or with work or on other podcasts. And so I, I put a lot of energy out every day. And so pretty much I need alone time and I need silence because certain noise affects me deeply. Um, some noises get to me like nails on a chalkboard. And so I try to do these things every day where I seek out alone time and silence. And this Will often come at the cost of me sacrificing time with people that I do care about. But I can't. I'm not any good to those people or to you guys actually, if I don't have that alone time and if I don't get that silence I need because I'm I'm very busy minded and so I need this time to just chill the fuck out. And so I let people know that up front. They're like, Hey, I I like you and I think we're vibing, but like, just don't take me like taking alone time or sitting beside you quietly reading, meaning that I'm not into this or into you. I just have a different way of doing things. I know there's some people who like to be talking and doing things all the time, all the time, all the time. And that's not me. Like I, I need some time, even if, even if you're just sitting there, if we're quiet, that, that gets my silence, you know, box ticked. But alone time I often try and do, And so make sure you tell people this stuff. If this is something that sounds familiar to you, you're like, oh, yeah, I also need alone time. And I also do like to have some silence at some point in my day. You need to make this known to people so that you can create the space to get that. And that they know that beforehand. So they don't get all up in that that private alone time. My next boundary is if you deliberately hurt me, cause me pain or diminish me with your actions or your words, I will shut you out. That's it okay fighting fair with me is a requirement and people who I consider toxic like frenemies or people who give you backhanded compliments or people who feed into drama or dramatic situations or even people who drain me or leave me confused or just like over it I don't have place in my life for those people No matter how much I care about them, there have been some people I really cared about who fell into not one, but several of those categories. And I just can't, um, even if they're family, okay, that doesn't make them immune to being a bad person. And you need to keep that in mind. Your boundaries, this is not just for kinky people. This is not just for relationships. It's not just for friends. It's also for family. Um, if you, for me, fall into one of those categories, I will shut you out and I have to do so for my own peace of mind. And so, think about what it is you can accept in other people that you just know this is going to cause me more harm internally, mentally, emotionally to be around this person or these types of people than it is for me to tough it out. Because there are some people who can be around those people. And I have a pretty good BS shield that I can put up for a while, but eventually I get tired of that. And so. If this is a deliberate thing, and if you are, you know, like I said, one of those toxic people, I'm probably going to shut you out. My next boundary is that my outlines, which is where I end and someone else begins, are really clear to me. I do not consider myself a we ever. I'm just a me. I'm in multiple relationships, and we're not a we. It's just me. Okay, I work really hard not to cast blame, and I'm not really comfortable being blamed for anything that doesn't actually directly pertain to me. I'm not here to make anyone happy, and I'm not here to make anyone miserable. Okay, that's really a misguided compliment. I don't really want to have that level of control. And I just actually don't have that level of control over anyone. No one has that level of control over you. That's just what your ego needs. I am usually just there to offer a challenging perspective that might cause you to ask some questions you've been ignoring. So I am always a me. And you're always a me if you think about it. When we start getting too entangled and enmeshed, you know, I was talking about codependency earlier, the outlines between people become really blurry and people like to become one even when they get married and things people say like oh we are one no we are not one i am me and you are you and i like to keep it that way and um i know there's going to be some people who don't agree with me on that but that's just my personal boundary it might not be yours the next boundary i have is that saying no is not hard for me okay when i say no i mean no don't push against it don't mess with it don't fuck with it leave my no alone or else dun 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 face (laughs) face the truth you might not want to hear the truth from me i'm saying no because maybe i'm trying to spare your fucking feelings but if you keep pressing me then you might have to hear something you didn't want to hear so That's my warning to people when I say no, when I say no to events, when I say no to parties, when I say no to going out or hanging out with you guys, I'm saying no to be polite, I can get real with you and tell you actually, I'm just tired of hearing you complain about your fucking job. And I don't want to hang out with you. But I'm saying no, I'm being polite. I can tell you like last time we hung out, you really fucking annoyed me because I had to pick up the whole tab for dinner, but I'm not I'm just saying no. So just if I say no. Leave it at that. If you can't accept no, you're going to get the truth, 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 like the harsh truth, and you might not be ready for that. So that's my warning. And my last one, my last personal boundary is that I know that resentment is a symptom because for me, it means that somewhere, somehow I have compromised myself and I need to take a step back and realize that I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at myself. And so I might use some of that quiet time, that silence that I was talking about earlier to sort of reevaluate what happened so that I can do better next time. And it's really easy when we get caught up in resentment to play the blame game and go like, ah, it's this person's fault. They did this. They shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. And it's really easy to just go on a whole tangent (laughs) that leads away from any blame on yourself. But usually, if you're being very honest with yourself, resentment comes from you feeling like you had to give in to something that you didn't want to or you did something that you didn't actually want to do that maybe you got talked into it or you felt obligated to or you were guilty um any of these things can lead to resentment but know that like you are in control of your own feelings you don't have to be in that situation You can exercise your right to say no you can tell someone your your boundaries you can that's what these are here for And so those are my personal boundaries. And I think it's really imperative to erect very clear and steady boundaries so that you can get the most out of every interpersonal interaction with every person you come across. People who lie or constantly test your loyalty to them or undermine your self-confidence or even question your boundaries. They could be red flags that you need to be either more aggressive in establishing your boundaries or in carrying out your boundaries. So that's what I have today. And ask yourself, what are your questions about boundaries? And what are your boundaries? And if you have some, have people been crossing them? Because usually (laughs) they have been. So I'm going to answer one kinky question of the day that has been emailed to me. And I'll try to be as concise as I can so that I can get you guys out of here with all the knowledge you need in a very short amount of time. The question today is a very simple yet complex one, which is, what is it like to be into BDSM, Milton asks. Okay, so Milton, geez, I don't even know where to begin. but at the basics, BDSM is a combination of, you know, bondage, discipline, domination, submission, sadism, masochism. It's just another way of expressing myself. Okay. I am a geek at heart and I really like dressing up. And so for me, BDSM lets me dress up. It lets me, lets me dress up and be geeky and be sexy all at once. Okay. It's different for different people. Uh, My interest, a lot of my interests are focused on the mental side of things for BDSM, especially since there's no practical way to carry out some of the, some of the things I want to do, um, either when I'm long distance with someone or not, but, you know, beyond the typical whips and chains and things like that, which are all fine. You know, I love a good spanking. I love, I love a lot of things in the physical realm. I really like reactions. I'm a reaction whore. I love getting reactions from people. But for me, it's the mental stuff. I want to get in your head and I want to live in there and I want to redecorate and I want to make that place mine. (laughs) I get a lot of fulfillment as a femdom from doing that. Um, and especially if it can involve costumes or words, f- triggers, phrases, things like that. Um, Kink provides me with a great deal of structure and understanding and being able to harness my kind of type A, you know, mental mental abilities into something more fun than just being a workaholic or whatever else. So um, it allows me to be bitchy and bossy in a way that's not... As off-putting, I think, to some people, um, it's just I'm I am naturally bossy, I am naturally take charge, and sometimes I think that intimidates a lot of people. Whereas in the kink world, that's actually a good thing. People seek that out. Um, a lot of fantasies that people have, a lot of ideas, a lot of play that people like comes back to wanting to be with a woman in charge, and so in the kink community where in society being a bossy, take charge kind of woman could be looked at as something that's Difficult or a hindrance is actually really great for me here. And so I get to be even more outspoken and even more take charge here. And um, I get to sort of help men and other people that I play with, because I don't play with men, but I get to help particularly men shed this sort of expectation they have where they can only be manly men and where they always have to be the one to be in charge and they have to be the one that everything falls on and that they have to balance the whole world on their shoulders. Have to be strong and independent, and they can't cry, and all this stuff. And I sort of take those men and tell them, No, you don't have to let me hold on to that, while you just sort of let me get into your head for a bit. I like to be the safe space where they don't have to be strong enough for the world, they just have to be strong enough for me, and that's usually a requirement that can be met. So I hope that answered your question, Milton, about what it is like to be into BDSM. This is going to be the end of the podcast, guys. And I just want to let you know, if you haven't already, I'm doing the social media thing again. Follow me on Instagram. I'm on there as d20dom, d-o-m-m-e. I've also got the lovely website, www.mundane2toms.com com. You can visit me there. You can send me questions through my DM box. It's always open for you guys. Or you can shoot me an email at D twenty at mundane to miss.com. Otherwise I will check back in with you guys next month. Until then from mundane to to mystery.